listening to Teach Me How to Love You Better, hosted by Dergo BJ. Welcome back to Teach Me Tuesday and a brand new lesson of Teach Me How to Love You Better. We are introducing what we call the group chat, where we try to have more than just one woman on a lesson to add more perspective to each lesson's conversation. And today we are following up Sexy in the Eyes of God, which features Simply Sonia with another faith-based conversation about partnership, intimacy in a spiritual relationship, and even celibacy for both men and women of God. Today's lesson title is called H for My Husband. And let me tell you, the H is not for holy. It's a conversation with both Erica Monet and Ashley of That Girl Podcast about discipline and honesty with yourself as a sexual and spiritual being, doing things decent and in order in terms of your own standards, not just of God's, and how liberating it is to be able to finally jump a broom and a bone when the time is right. I know a lot of us are still on a spiritual journey, navigating our humanity to become better followers of God. So hopefully this conversation with Erica and Ashley is a conversation to help you along the way. So ladies, support your sisters. Fellas, sit back and shut the hell up because the one thing that we now realize as adults is the very thing missing from most relationships is discipline, honesty, and self-control. Welcome to H for My Husband featuring That Girl Podcast on Teach Me How to Love You Better. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with another group chat lesson of Teach Me How to Love You Better. And today I have some fairly new but very um, experienced women to have a very healthy and spiritual conversation with. They have just decided to create a podcast that I think is going to be incredibly helpful for women and men because um, we're further in the conversations of spirituality and purpose and defining who you are and for those women that have to endure that process these two are going to help you as a sense of compass for that way i have erica and ashley of that girl podcast here today to talk about spirituality and sex well hello 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 i've been kind of holding on to this for so long because i really do believe that you ladies have a great dynamic to your friendship just take a few moments um and identify yourselves i mean ashley has been on change the subject before but um to reintroduce yourself and then also give erica the opportunity to introduce herself as well just give them your information and a small background of who you are i think ashley is uh ready (laughs) (laughs) i I literally was pointing towards you um (laughs) Can you go, please? I'll go. I have nothing right I'll now, go. Thank you. All right. So um, a little bit about myself um, professionally, day-to-day wise. I am in human resources. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of work, I um, own my own business. It's a coaching business um, called the Erica Monet Group. I just started it. I've been doing coaching for a minute, but decided to actually make it a business now. Mm-hmm. So, and essentially what I do is I help professionals, help leaders to really reclaim power over their lives. Um, oftentimes we feel burnt out, devalued, stressed, overworked, et cetera. We can 
go on and on and on about what that looks like, what that feels like. And so I help people come out of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I help people come out of that. Currently a soccer mom. And that life (laughs) is real. And Mm. it's, they're intense. This is a real deal for the kids. Like, wow, wow. Yeah. That's, you know, I would, I really wish that we grew up in a time where, um, classism, even in sports, wasn't a thing because, Mm. um, kids who get a well rounded experience and having like choices, like as boys, it was either football or basketball. Or basketball, yeah. Yeah. That was it. You know, but um, just having the opportunities to really express yourself in that way. Um, I, I can just like sit here and think about how it could have been beneficial to me to even have that option. That is extremely dope. But um, introduce yourself again. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, so I am a higher educational, higher education professional. Why can I not talk today? Um, I am a higher education professional, um, been in higher education for probably a little over a decade now. Mm-hmm. I am a seminary student as well. So I am taking time to dig deeper into theology and the Bible and Christ and what all that means for my spiritual walk in my life. I'm just an all around dope person, to be honest, if I had to just sum it up in that oh, space. I can respect that. Yeah. I can respect that. I didn't tell the listeners that I I am also a follower of Christ. I didn't mention oh, that yeah. since we're talking about spirituality, mm-hmm. you talked yes. about your, you know, being in seminary. I didn't mention that. I am a follower of Christ. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> wish you can yes. see. Say it loud and proud and stick my chest out. Absolutely. Jesus is dope. I love him. Yeah. And that is exactly why um, I have you two here. Now, there is a portion of this show that um, definitely addresses the relationship between men and women. But then also, once we get into the actual topic, we're going to talk about the conflicts of spirituality for women Mm -hmm. and um, the possibility that they are. Well, no, let's dial this back. The perception and the idea of what it means to be fluid sexually in a relationship before and after you decide to accept the relationship with whoever you decide to praise because we have to leave it open for those who don't necessarily believe Christ, but still a, you know, a spiritual being in that space. Yeah. yeah so, that's fair. um, I know that, um, in a sense it's kind of difficult because people are given so many options for a savior. Mm-hmm. And, um, what we're not going to do in this particular instance is try to make a person believe something right now. What we want to do is introduce the idea that spirituality in any sense is important because it gives you a base and that base can help you in how you choose your partners. That base can help you in how you handle certain Mm -hmm. situations and certain relationships. So that's what I really um, want to expound on with you, too. And um, knowing you two personally, there's a sense of non-judgmental spirituality that I love about when I'm around y'all because I'm a person and I'm I'm planning on talking about this. There is a um, part of me as a man where I've had a bad breakup with the church. Mm -hmm. And that's a very real thing. Like when we say bad breakup, we only think about the people. Mm -hmm. But um, the church has had a a negative influence on me, too. So I'm redeveloping my spirituality as a man right now. But to not go too far on me, what is... Um, the interactions with men like 
for you two as women now that you have this sense of spirituality <laughs> and are currently being i know y'all y'all not really looking for love but the idea of love going forward like what is that like now that you kind of discovered this newfound or even affirmed love for your spirituality and now having to date it's a good question it's interesting so immediately a situation um comes to mind um it was earlier this year and i had went to a conference that i spoke at and there was a guy there that i had met previously at another conference and i know he lived in the city so i hit him up we went and grabbed some dinner hung out for a while and everything was going really great until I told him I was celibate mm. and his entire body <laughs> language changed. He tensed up. He got ir- like he didn't get visibly irritated with me, but I could just tell the idea didn't make sense to him. He was trying mm. to get some that night. <clears throat> he was. And I think I burst this bubble and it was it was he interesting. killed all his hope. Good. The joy that he had. <laughs> the thoughts that this man had gone. I don't need him to put his hope in enjoying me, um, step one. But no, I, I remember in sitting in the car with him and us debating about what intimacy was, because his question to me was, if you're not being sexually intimate, then how do you have intimacy? And to me, intimacy has nothing to do with sex. Intimacy is truth. Intimacy is transparency. Intimacy is being able to share the most inner parts of who you are with someone without judgment, without blame and be comforted that's that's what intimacy is mm-hmm. you can you can have sex all day but intimacy is just something that's so different but i think society and it's not anyone's particular fault but i think society has just shaped an idea of intimacy beyond what it actually is um so then people are like well i you can't have one without the other you know like you can't have peanut butter without jelly like you can't have intimacy sexually people without eat celery and peanut butter there's no jelly there i was talking about a sandwich though like, <laughs> i'm Jesus. just saying i was taking the peanut butter away from the jelly to make the point that people eat peanut butter by itself i was trying to make a point though in this moment though oh man y'all are <laughs> i was really trying and the erica just came down but that does that does strike an interesting point um how we consume things is totally different no so i think so i, I say all that to say that um i think it always brings up a debate because everyone wants their opinion to be what it is and i don't necessarily think it's always for a selfish or personal reason but i think in that moment it was for a selfish and personal reason but it, i left that conversation being at peace with my decisions but wow. also being irritated because it's like you expect me to be able to understand your opinion but mine is just so beyond the ability to understand why i'm doing what i'm doing and i get it I understand for a man, it is it is very difficult to understand celibacy when you've been taught to be a predator and not predator in the sense of violating a woman's body and space, but to see something, go after it and be aggressive about it. I can understand how that is a conflict of interest for most men. But um, what I'm hoping to establish and me being the man talking to you, too, is that we have to learn discipline and intimacy as well because it it does in some spaces it's a teacher but it's also a trigger for a lot of people yeah because how people have been taken advantage of in those moments of intimacy where you think you're really bonding with a person but the whole while they're preying on you or mm-hmm. they're trying to manipulate a situation i think we need to learn discipline in that regard so for you erica how has it been for you transitioning into the ideas of love knowing how you feel about your spirituality and yourself how has that been for you 
Um, I don't have a similar story to talk about celibacy, but um, for me, I think it's really identifying um, with myself and my own alignment with Christ. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is um, it it just helps me recognize someone else's um, wholeness. Mm. Um, And maybe they aren't a believer, maybe they are, but for someone to be able to be whole within themselves, recognize the self-awareness in itself. And oftentimes when you meet people, you don't, it's not on the forefront. Like, do they really know themselves? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are they self-disciplined? And so that coupled with really being able to know who you are, your values and honoring yourself, like being able to set your own standards and set your boundaries. So um, if I'm able to do that and communicate those boundaries with you and you can respect them, um, then we make it have a, a second conversation um, and then vice versa, because I respect boundaries. I respect your time um, mm-hmm. and your standards, too. So I just you know, want that in reverse. So just conversations that I've had with other guys have just been around filling that out. Right. Right. So what you're doing is you're giving an opportunity for a person to present themselves first before you set small expectations of going forward. Oh, yeah. That's healthy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not going in setting any really expectation because I don't want to come in and just say, you know, this. I mean, because you, you, we all have this idea of who we want, who we want to be with, shoot, who they like, who they, what they look like. Wow. We have all these things that we have in mind. Um, but when you first meet somebody, just be open to who they are because being spiritual beings is really connecting spirit to spirit. And if this is a person that God is sending to you, you're going to be attracted to them. You're going to have a connection. Like all those things are going to happen. So, right. So I provided an example. So I would just like to echo what she just said, (laughs) because my example didn't necessarily cover that exactly. But um, yeah, I think it does. I think it goes back to what I said when we did the episode on change the subject, just about um, it fills a void, you know, Mm, Um, and that goes that speaks to just wholeness. In general, like if you have to have it, if you desire it so heavily to where you can't go without it, then what is it replacing? What is it distracting you from? That's the question right, I challenge right. someone to ask themselves. And no judgment is just a real question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. A, it's a real question. I think that um, it's a healthy question to ask, too, because lust and temptation definitely replaces some type of value mm-hmm. that you would have standed on had not this been in the forefront. Or had not this been presented to you. I definitely know that to be true. Mm -hmm. And I think that lust has covered a multitude of things. Um, Usually it tells that you don't like to be alone. It usually tells that you want to be accepted. You want to be felt. There's so many different things that come into this space when we talk about what lust kind of replaces. So that is a very healthy question. And for you listeners, I would suggest that you ask yourself that because everything that feels good is not good for you. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have these conversations. So um, given that you two have a very um, spiritually connected relationship with Christ, my first question to you to kind of start the process of the conversation is a man who doesn't believe off limits once the dating situation is being presented. Because usually... We talk about this thing of being unequally yoked, right? Mm -hmm. But it only equates to church. It's not like a 
a question of a financial background, a, a household upbringing, not necessarily just salvation. We're only equating it to, well, this is me being personal when I hear this. When I heard unequally yoked, that just meant if you're a Baptist, she has to be Baptist. If you're a Kojic, she has to be Kojic. That's how it was always presented. There was never <clears> any <throat> context. So just knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. if a man was to approach you and he looked as if he had the potential of being a suitable candidate for your heart and your time, is him being a non-believer off limits? Um, I would say in this moment, yes. Okay. Why would so you say that? for where I'm going, just spirituality, like it's so important to me and it is such a large part of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure if that in terms of just things in common and things that motivate us and our core values, like they're not aligned. And it's not because, oh, this person isn't a believer, so they're less than me. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying for me personally, my core value and my belief system is centered around Christ. Okay. Literally, everything I do, everything, no matter where I'm at, it could be work, it could be the car, it does not matter. And I can't imagine being in a relationship and having a life with someone who doesn't share that same core value system. Okay. I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, I will echo that. Uh, my answer would be that they would have to be a believer because of how grounded I am um, with Christ. It wouldn't, it wouldn't go well. It wouldn't be a good relationship. Okay. <laughs> it, would, it just wouldn't be. I mean, you're mixing oil and vinegar. To, I mean, oil and um, water together. Oil and vinegar kind of good. I know. I was thinking about the chips. I'm not going to hold you up. do this, and it I, is like perfect timing every time. I was thinking about the chips. I'm not going to lie. But going back to the point, though, it's like mixing oil and water together. Um, and again, it's not necessarily a bad thing because I know men who are not believers and they are great guys. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, can't even knock it. Like they're great guys, but they don't believe in Christ. And that's the reason why it's so important to know who you are and where, what you value. Um, because if those two things are not aligned with your partner, you're not going to see success. You're not going to have purpose in your in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be as fulfilling as you may would like it to be. So you got to have that sort of alignment. So this unequally yoked concept, um, while, yes, that's the truth. It, and I when I hear it, too, is oftentimes referencing the church. But you can also take it, you know, financially, upbringing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's just you got to have that alignment. It should be referenced beyond the church. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. It definitely should. It should be. And I ain't gonna turn this into a sermon, so I'm gonna leave it, I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> I feel you. But um the reason why I asked this question, and um of course me asking that was leading to a much deeper question. The purpose of being Christian is to win souls for the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. Absolutely. Why can't that be done in a relationship? Now the idea of being introduced to a man who shows up as a believer may be the potential for you to win a soul for the kingdom but we don't look at him figuratively Mm -hmm. not being exposed to um church or christ Mm -hmm. or possibly having a family background where his family never introduced him to the church and um spirituality why don't we look at relationships in the same regard that we could possibly bring our mates to our maker? 
Why don't we see it that way? Ooh, child, I have an answer for that, but I'm going to let Go ahead. Okay. So I would say that that's not the space in a relationship. Like we can be friends and a friendship is still a relationship. And me bringing you to Christ will have nothing to do with us being in a romantic relationship. It has everything to do with you seeing how I'm living my life and saying I'm interested in wanting to learn more. I want to ask you questions and be real honest with you so I can share with you what my thoughts are and I can share with you what my thoughts are. And that can be done in a conversation, in a relationship. It does not have to be done romantically. Because when I look at a romantic relationship, I look at at this point in my life, especially being a believer and being single in your mid thirties, if we're not adding value, if we're not pushing each other to be better in what we desire to be better in, if we're not challenging each other spiritually, that's not a relationship that I desire. Come on with the come on. So for me personally, I can help you. That does not necessarily mean I have to date you in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Now, who's to say that? We meet somebody, they're not a believer. We just become really good friends. We figure it out over time. This person becomes a believer. Then we date. That's cool. But I cannot, I, I, I just personally can't go down that path. It doesn't require a romantic relationship for me to bring you to Christ. Mm, okay. Yep. I agree with everything she said. Here's what I'm going <laughs> to add to it though. Oh, go ahead. I'm boo. just going to add this little, it's just a little piece to it. So it's like the cherry on top. Just right on top. <laughs> Right on top. So the and, I, and the re I think where this is coming from because you have to take time to know who you are. Let me go back to that. Well, this is about being whole. Mm-hmm. And when you are um, when you are seeking a relationship, there's a level of wholeness you do outside of seeking a relationship. Ooh. When you are seeking Christ, seeking Christ is not seeking Christ and a relationship because your relationship is just Christ. That's what you need to be seeking. You don't seek, let me get old girl. And while I'm getting old girl, I'm going to get my life right with Christ. Can you do that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But what you're missing is the full opportunity to have your relationship with Christ be 100. Because Mm -hmm. what you'll do when you're seeking Christ and seeking a relationship with someone else is that you're giving the attention, the love, the care, everything that you need to be giving Christ in that moment at that time to a relationship. So you kind of shaman what you're doing Mm. with Christ, what you need to do in the first place, because to have a successful relationship, you got to be whole. You have to be right with Christ. So that's the piece that when we're saying "Mm, you can, but it's not going to be what it should be. Mm. I'm not 21. Like I'm not no, I'm not no kid trying to make things work. You know what I'm saying? Like we are, we are adults in this moment. You have to be sure of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and when it comes time to date, you have to be intentional. So absolutely, you have no time to waste. Yeah, like oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not out here just because for the sake of. And I'm comfortable. And I think one thing that I can say with confidence is that if God doesn't bring me a mate in, in this life, I will be okay. Because guess what? That just means that my dreams are going to be big enough to fill up my entire life. And that's something that I have found comfort in. You know. And I will say a lot of people will be like, "Oh, really?" That's usually the first reaction. And I'm like, "That's not sad. That's not negative. I'm not giving up hope." What I'm telling was that I am so whole and at peace with myself that I can rock this thing out with me and Jesus for the rest of. Mm, okay. Okay. That was I just liked how you said that and yeah, you like had your neck with it and everything. That was very like, you know, superhero esque. I know, <laughs> right? Well, she can take over the world. She you can. know. Well Jesus, I can probably do whatever I need to. I, I feel you. I feel you. And I, I I just wanted to ask that question because I mean we do struggle with um our carnal minds that's the figurative um, language, yeah. you know, of the church, our carnal mind with the actual mind that we do want to better ourselves. And sometimes we see people 
in those moments of wanting to do better. Like you see a person that's doing exceptionally well and you just want to feel connected or close to that person that embodies that change you would like to make. And that is oftentimes what guys do when they show up. Like they're not knowing what it is about you just yet. Yeah. And that's where the questionable intention comes from Mm. because they don't know what it is about you. It's just something about you. You know what I'm saying? And that could be that Christ in you that he's not really identifying because we, we never, you know, see women in the light that we're typically taught to see them in Mm -hmm. and identify Christ in that moment. It's usually like a body type. It's a skin complexion. It's a hair length. It's all of the things that we're taught in this animalistic phase of manhood that um, we're trying to somewhat come out of to have a keen sense of spirituality and purpose and connection to a higher power. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to ask you, because I think we think men know better and we don't. That's fair. And I'm just being the honest man. I know a lot of men are not going to agree with me when I say this, but (laughs) I could give less than. But it's the truth. (laughs) We don't really know better. Yeah. And um, as a man trying to know better, this is why I have these conversations. So we're at the point where I ask you a very, very important question. Okay. And for you guys listening, this is Teach Me How to Love You Better, where a man addresses women with a serious question on how to love a woman in the correct and proper way. And I ask this question. And when I ask this question, I'm going to be completely silent while they're answering the question and i cannot speak until both of these women say okay bj you can speak now right this is the favorite part of the show for every woman (laughs) that has ever been in this space but i really need you guys to answer this question as pure and honest as you possibly can because this is intentional um conversation and we want to help people establish better intentions for each other whether they be men or women right so the question is and y'all can figure out who's gonna go first I'm right nervous. now i'm nervous i'm nervous <laughs> my hands are getting clammy <laughs> it's it's really a simple question but most people just have to take their time so you feel free to take mm-hmm. as much time as you want i'm not gonna say nothing while you answer it but the question is okay. in what way as a woman do you feel a man could do better by women, but not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of solely the women he's trying to love? That's such mm. a tricky question. It is. It is. I have a something. Did you want me to go first? Yes, please. Okay. Because I have something, but I would like for you to go I first. I will go first. Okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> Because it can go in a few different directions. So part of me is like, you know, well, to his benefit would be to go back to what we were talking about regarding regarding wholeness. Um, A man that knows who he is and where he wants to go and where God is taking him. That's like everything. But if it's not to his benefit, um, then I would say what he could do would be to align himself in such a way with his partner where he is shining a light on her purpose in life or co-facilitating her purpose in life um i would say that would be 
bomb. Like that would be one of the best things that I think a, a man could do for his woman would be to be co-captain and her purpose of what God called her to do. That's good. Is it? Okay, thank you. you know. That was really good, Bestie. Oh, Thanks, gosh. Bestie. Jeez. I got to follow that. I should have went first. You can't say nothing yet, though. I see you, You too, cannot at all. I see you. You cannot say anything. It's so, Ashley's turn. Um, This is hard for me. And I say that because I keep coming back to one thing. Um, love. And what does that really mean? So I would say... That's hard because it's not, it's still going to be, I would say, knowing how to love and how to receive love. And that can mean a lot of different things. So I know you stated something that doesn't benefit them at all. But learning how to love other people benefits other people a lot more. You know, because if you can love someone appropriately in a space, then there is no limit to what they can accomplish and do. You know, so I would say, um, learn because learning how to love yourself, is, I would say, would be for more so for that person, but learning how to love others. And when I mean loving others, love is patient, love is kind, it keeps no record of wrongdoings, like it is pure, it is non judgmental. So, what does it really mean to love unconditionally? So, loving others unconditionally, because when you love others that way, you receive that kind of love back. So, and I would have to piggyback off of what you said, because as you were talking, all I thought about was Sarah, um, Jake Roberts and Pastor Terry Roberts. Mm-hmm. And for those that That's are not familiar example. with them. That's a really good example. Yeah. For those that are not familiar with them, um, Sarah Jake Roberts is the daughter of T.D. Jakes, who, I mean, a lot of people pretty much knows who he is in that space. And she has made public comments. Like we've seen her, like we've been to her conferences, we've listened to her sermons. So um, we're familiar with her, but she has been very honest in saying that he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself and that I could not get here if he didn't push me to get here. Yeah. So I understood really, exactly what you're saying. That's a really, really good example. And you can see, and it's, it's hard to describe, but if you're familiar with them as a couple and like their ministry efforts, like they both have been catapulted into new heights since being married. Yeah. Only because they're able to to push each other to acknowledge where your areas of opportunity are to have those hard conversations to really be able to communication have don't don't shy away from it no matter how hard a conversation is because it's not going to benefit you if it's not a positive thing but being able to communicate effectively goes so long and so far in any relationship yeah so I would say I so I, I when I think when what you said in terms of aligning yourself I see that clearly because he saw her purpose before she did and he pushed her and that didn't benefit him it did eventually but probably not in that moment no but that's but- key though because to your point that's that was they used the term um purpose partner so we hear yeah. like soulmate your purpose mm-hmm. mate like that's what they was referencing for each other yeah um and it's it's just really funny how how god works but you have to pay attention because when people like that come into your life and it's funny i remember me telling you that um my brother kind of gave me permission to date it was really funny um <laughs> i told him like you know eric i'm not dating or whatever you know i'm good and he was just like why not i was like you know i got my business and everything i'm kind of i'm focused you know i'm focused eric and he's like but if a dude comes along and he's not helping you encouraging you or he's distracting you that's how you know he's not the guy off the bat. And I'm like, that's true. That's true. That's what exactly what I was thinking. He was like, so what's your point? I was like, dang. Yeah, that's real. You know, I was like, 
Good point. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Because for me, like, I spend, um, I mean, I work, I have a career. Like, I don't have a job. Like, I work about a good 50 to 60 hours a week. And on top of that, I spend about maybe 20 hours a week studying for school. So I'm literally like, if you're going to come to the library with me and knock out this paper with me, and you're going to be working on your project while I'm working on mine, you're going to continually encourage me, then that's the space I need to be in. Like, I can't, like, I don't have the space for someone who's not going to be a purpose partner. Because I'm going to do the same thing back in return to you and make sure you stay on your grind. Absolutely. So I think um, if I had to sum it up and identify <laughs> to answer your question, um, I would say communication and learning how to love other people and communicate, communicate honestly. I'm not even going to say honestly. I'm going to say transparently because it's a difference. Mm -hmm. So being transparent, honest, you can just give somebody the answer and that's fine. Transparency, I'm going to give you all of it. It may not be great. I'm not putting a bow on it. I'm just going to be straight with you about what's going on. We have made our lives with being honest, but what I desire is transparency, even if it hurts, because I rather it hurts. The hurt comes from someone I love because they want to see me do better then that come from someone else i think you can talk you can talk bj oh wait i feel like you were holding your breath oh my god what, what? we do okay. spitboards hey man okay so this is the this is the very important part of the show more so than the topic because we get to hear women from an honest space tell what will make the difference to not just themselves but for women as a whole as a gender and a movement of a sense and one of the things that i really would like to focus on in just this small space is the co-captain right because we're in this this space of gender inequalities right mm -hmm. and so many people feel like there's a such thing as a man's or a woman's job but what i'm taking from that space or that conversation y'all were just having is that there are moments when somebody is going to shift in leadership. Um, you're not going to necessarily know what it is that puts this person in the position to lead for this moment, but there's a discernment that you will have to have to know that, okay, this is the moment where I step back and heed the information and the knowledge of my wife, who's more knowledgeable in this area or whatever issue how as a man would you suggest he accept such a shift because a lot of times when women take the position of the leader or the head it's automatically assumed that she feels like you don't know what you're doing mm. um there's like the dynamic of most black families like you oftentimes see the men off in the corner watching the football game while the prioritizing of the meals, the situation, the situating of the family, mm -hmm. all of these things are done by the women. And the moment that the woman lays down the law, it's like, oh, well, she got it. I'm off doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And so now we have so many men trying to fight for their voices and their positions again, because you've been watching the football game too long. And now you realize you've had a position that was pretty much void for a long time. And now it's this friction of letting a woman lead when she's more than capable mm -hmm. and probably is the person best suited. So how do you feel a man can adopt this idea of the co-captain position? You want to take that first or you want me? I'm getting my thoughts together. That's All what right. that was. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
just with a few thoughts that <laughs> came to mind, I think <laughs> because there's levels to it. Um, I think for both men and women, there's a level of um, honesty we have to have with ourselves and, mm. and we have to mature um, with, with those things. And um, for men, you know, there are things that if they don't know, they have to first know it, then they have to experience it and gain understanding and wisdom from it for them for it to become a part of who they are. So that's a process in itself. Right. Um, and within that process will come maturity and will come. And when I say maturity, there's a level in which pride has to go away um, and you have to let humility set in. Mm -hmm. um, and. Um, there, there's a level of, of grace and patience that has to take place with yourself as a man so that you can actually give that. Right. And right, I right. don't see that as a typical thing in men. I've seen it in men, but I don't see it as common, um, in men. And I think that's just my own personal just experiences and things that I've seen, but, um, I think it's just levels to it. So I think that that level of being honest with yourself and maturing in that and setting in some humility um, would be some of the things that I think a man can do to kind of get there. Okay. Okay. Can you repeat the question? I want to make sure I'm answering it appropriately. Right. Did I answer it appropriately? Yeah, I really did. <laughs> um, the question, to paraphrase it, was um, we're referencing um, what she said is in concerns to co-captain. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times um, the friction in that taking the backseat role to a woman is the fact that they've been absent in moments they now realize they needed to be present. So they're fighting for that voice and that position that has been missing for so long mm -hmm. because they've kind of been too lax in certain areas. Mm -hmm. So now that a man sees a need for his own voice and his own position, in the household or in the relationship, how would you suggest the man be comfortable in potentially being a co-captain or taking the back seat to a woman when is when it could be necessary? Like, mm -hmm. how do you adjust to that shift? Okay, that's fair. So kind of taking into context that you stated, and I think the first thing that would need to happen would be to reestablish the friendship you have with your partner. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like when you're in a marriage or you're in a relationship, roles are almost easily defined based off of what we see. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that when you have the foundation of a friendship, you want to see your friend win regardless. So that takes you out of the space of this is my spouse. This is my partner. Takes and this is what, of, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. what we should be doing. This is what we should be focusing on to. I want to see us win. And I think okay. you have to have that mentality. You have to have that level of, you have to have those goals. Mm -hmm. So it has to be a, a different level of an expectation that's set on, I want to see you win while you see me win. So that may mean sometimes I'm in the front, you in the back, you in the back, I'm in the front, or I'm on one side, you're on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Like in that space. And if you have a solid foundation of a friendship with who you're intimate with in that space, then it will be easier to see that because it's not about roles in that moment it's about making sure identifying that hey if you win that means i win too mm. yeah you know so i think it's about reestablishing the foundation of a friendship because when you have that like i want to see erica win all the time i want to see you win mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like in that same space so when you have that you have a certain level of desire and almost you embody and like you have a buy-in and want to see them be successful too yeah right yeah right. and when you are in a union, like when you're married and you see your partner win in the marriage, it's like, 
please believe I'm rooting for you because if you win, you know I'm winning too. Exactly. So, you know, it's you have that buy-in already. So um, so hopefully there was a friendship established. You can reestablish. That's why I said reestablish. <laughs> you can reestablish <laughs> exactly. it, right. You know what I mean? And if, <laughs> and if because, and that's really important to me, especially in dating, like I got to be friends with you. Absolutely. Like I have to be, fr- I have to like you. Like Real I can, because I'm a lovable person. I'm mushy already. I mm-hmm. love any and everybody, but I got to like you. Right, and that's right. just something I know about me. So mm-hmm. it's like that's real. I got to like I have to like somebody, you. And if I don't like you, man, right. I I don't know how far this is gonna go. Yeah, somebody told me that I think like four or five years ago, and that this comment has stuck with me since then. It says that you have to have a friendship with your spouse because you can hate your husband, but you will love your friend. God, that is that is facts. And ever since then, I recognize how important having a foundation of a friendship, friendship was really in a relationship. Wow. Wow. So you got to be intentional with the mm-hmm. relationship. You have to. That intentionality is something, Ooh, boy. We. Woo. Okay. So now we're at the point of the topic topic. And um, um, these two outside of being podcasters. <laughs> topic. The topic. Topic topic. Yeah. This topic the, topic. This <laughs> the, the, the thick part of the conversation. <laughs> right? Now these two are my friends. And um, these are, these are those friends that you you learn a lot from because i've even told like i've been telling ashley this for years like she's the only friend of her kind of my friends and it's not like a it's not a negative at all it's just saying that there's a certain level or a certain pedestal that she sits on that other friends just don't meet and that's because of the abilities to teach me as a friend mm-hmm. like um there has been moments where ashley can say something very small and not realize that that was like a teachable moment mm-hmm. in a conversation that i left with and carry oh yeah you know? she's she's a dope friend she's she taught me how to be a better friend where she likes and sometimes her responses she don't know she does this either but if it's something that she don't like that you did or said She'll say it in this really constructive but snarky way. Like, mm. <laughs> you know, and based on that, I can I can leave and say, okay, well, let me look and investigate. And then I'll realize, okay, there's a point to what she's saying. So she has this level in our friendship that only she sits on. I think so, that's funny how you're like, so let me go back and, you know, and kind of reconstruct what she, how she just said that. And me on the flip side, so I'd be like, what you... What was that for? <laughs> Hello? Excuse me, ma'am. Ma'am? What, what was that? Right. You already know. I do. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm taking a deeper dive now. Like, <laughs> that's the flip side on this. Right, right. So it's it's a lot of learning experiences yeah. that I get from her in that yeah. way. And I understand it because I'm so one dimensional in a lot of things that I think, mm-hmm. you know, and as a man, I can accept that because I've always been stubborn. I know this. So like, I can... I can give character to a lot of my flaws. Like, I know I didn't listen when they told me this. And this is why I'm so one dimensional. I, will always I know be I didn't in, listen. Right. I was not paying attention. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of having friends like these. So when we we convene, we have conversations on a personal and creative and business level. There was one distinctive thing that was said in a conversation. Which was what? Uh, which i think this is going to be the healthiest conversation but um it talks about the fluidity of a relationship once a person makes you comfortable once a person respects your boundary there are so many dimensions to 
what this space we're going to discuss is, but I'm not going to introduce it to the listener just yet. I want to talk about three phases of spiritual dating that we have kind of discarded because um, we don't understand the spiritual and sexual conflict within us as humans and dealing with the flesh. So I want to talk about the ideas of the 90 day rule. I want to also talk about celibacy once you've already been sexually active and then touch on the ideas of sexual and spiritual conflict because you will be able to better accept the topic and title <laughs> of this conversation right so i've been having conversations with women about how they feel they're being treated and one of the phrases that has been synonymous with most women is they're treated like a piece of meat now when you think about a piece of meat think about the process of the meat in preparation and consumption, right? When you want a when you want a tender piece of meat and make it easily cut through, there's like a process for that. Yeah. You know, when you want think when you want certain things to set in, there's like a marination process. All these things are a process in how we consume meat. And it's also the same as to how we consume people. You know, we we deposit things in their spirit and let them marinate mm-hmm. so that this person manifests once you finally consumes it you you go through this this tenderizing process where you tell them what they want to hear and you take them to places and you prime them in a such way to where when they finally get you where they want you they just devour you they take full advantage of this privilege that you've given them to be consumed and then when you realize that you were being misled and misused this entire time it turns the woman away from the one thing that they probably didn't realize they strayed away from, which is their spiritual connection to self. And this is what I want to talk to you all about, because I know and I can look at Ashley's face and already know that her wheels are turning. So the piece of meat, what does that mean for you to be treated like a piece of meat? I really love how Ashley is pointing to me every time to go first. <laughs> love it. Um, no, I'm not every time, but where it makes sense, I think it's appropriate. Yeah. I, okay. Oh, all right. Um, that question for me um, means a lot of different things. Um, some of it, some of it, which you touched on, because I do feel the the process of which you know it's. When you say like all being treated like a piece of meat, it's um, you can think of it from the aspect of the entire process of, oh, I got to season this meat. I'm going to marinate this meat, mm-hmm. sit it for a couple of days. Oh, it's going to be tender. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to devour it mm-hmm. um, for a woman to say that um, it's one of those things where I get in a relationship. We seem to have uh, some chemistry mm-hmm. going on. It feels great. Um, we are connecting on some things. And um, when it's time to actually uh, be sexually intimate with someone, it's like everything that we've connected on, the chemistry we had, gone. It's about sex right now. And that's it. And once the sex is had, it's like, that was that's what you were good for. Hmm. So then it's like, do we not have chemistry? Was I 
was the connection that I was feeling was fake? Like what was really happening? So mm-hmm. when, um, when I hear that, if I were to say that, it would be based on that, that it's been a, you wanted this and you clearly was just doing what you needed to do, what you needed to say to prepare, to marinate, whatever, mm-hmm. um, to get to the point where you could have consumed. Right, right. And, and once you've it. consumed, now eyes are open and now you see that that was the point. It right. wasn't that, oh, we had chemistry and we still have this chemistry in such a way where it's very important for us to focus on this. It's very important for us to focus on our friendship and our communication and et cetera. That's not the the point. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think that it, for a lot of women, when they say that, that that's where that that's can become. That's what it is. So it's almost to say that the way that you consume this meat is not necessarily your taste. It's just the satisfaction of your taste buds at that moment. Yeah, it's like almost like this is the one thing that you're good for. Right. You know okay. what I mean? So like right now, if I got some, if I wanted chicken and you look like chicken. Yeah. I think this is what you can offer me. Right. It's some chicken. Right. So once I get the chicken, it's like that feeling like for for women, um, and f- I mean, sex in general is a very spiritual experience it's a very emotional experience so when you put that into play and you take it to the next level once you've had sex is like where is that connection when that's gone then that's how you know there's a disconnect you're like what happened because we don't mm. have that anymore right. so um so that's kind of mm. i guess my take on it what do you say ma'am so i have two comments um one as I was sitting here listening to Erica and just thinking about the question, something hit me and it made me realize that I think what we view as being desired, men view desire as you a piece of meat. Mm-hmm. So I think desire is handled differently from gender to gender. Right, right. So I think that has a lot to do with and I think it has a lot to do with how we're taught to be desired, how we're taught to look at like intimacy and wanting something in that space. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with that no one wants to feel like a piece of meat in that space. Like not, I would say consistently, no woman wants to feel like a piece of meat. So there I, is a moment. I think there are moments. Where, I think there are moments where it may be appropriate. Like, and but this is after a relationship has been established, and this is maybe a more isolated incident of right now. You was what I need right now, right so today. I, I think that's that's a difference. So like yeah, the but, desire and then the piece of me, and then like, hey, this moment right now, let's go this bathroom, boom. Like that's different. Yeah. Those are all different scenarios. So to yeah. your point, yes, everybody wants to be desired, but the term piece of me has just a negative connotation on it. That, and that's what and that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm that's why I'm framing it in a way that I am because to me, I think men think and correct me if I'm wrong that we see it as being a piece of meat men see it as desire yes that is exactly how we see it so so if that's the case then we just need to reframe how we're looking at it right you know in that space so that will be but it made me realize like i listen to are you familiar with clint coley Mm -hmm. so i listen to his podcast from time to time i can't listen to all the time it's an interesting podcast um but i'd say that there was this one episode where he talked about where they had this conversation about what men did to get women to become intimate with them and it was this moment where he said his hook line sinker, like his last comment, his last ditch effort, if he's tried everything else, like I've took you out, I wind and dined you, we've talked, is I love you, I want you to be my girl. 
So that was like his hook line sinker. So kind of going back to what you said in terms of you think there is a connection. You think that there is something there, but this person is saying and doing all the right things to get to satisfy that taste for chicken in that moment. Right, right. right. You know, so I was in, I remember sitting in, in my car and being like, that is horrible. So you literally out here telling women you love them or you want to be with them just to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like it don't take all of that. There's women out here that will drop it like it's hot for a two piece and a biscuit. Like you ain't got to do I'm that. Saying. Like, that's how you know certain men are just like, they ain't got it all together. It's like, you don't, you don't have to do all of that. You, you don't have to do all of that. Wow. There so, are some women that just willingly, just mm-hmm. willingly yeah. open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think um, it's hard to shift an entire generation of men because you're taught to be predators. Right. So I think the first step is acknowledging that we say the same word, but we mean two, two different, totally things. different things. <laughs> so that's the first thing. And then secondly, that you can react and respond differently because everyone, no matter if you're man, woman, it wants to be desired. Right, right. It's just about how are you approaching that desire and is it in the right space and the right time for where that relationship is? Mm -hmm. Because you can sell me dreams all day, homie, but I'm not doing nothing like just because that doesn't that doesn't affect me because your words are one thing. But your actions, baby, they speak for themselves. Now, when you said uh, space and time to Mm -hmm. communicate this process, this brings me to the 90 day rule. Right now. Um, as adults, we say we grown, you know, we don't have to allot a certain amount of time and space to get to know the potentials of these things that we're speaking on mm-hmm. in terms of having two totally different perceptions for one, you know, definition of word. I meet women, women tend to always say to me when I ask this question, I would always ask, well, what happened to the 90 day rule? Because as a man, I realized that the 90 day rule that a woman administered to me was my discipline period of knowing how am I going to respond in this space when I'm around her? What is she going to allow and not allow me to do? I had to I had to adjust myself according to the woman I was dealing with and not necessarily the women I had experiences with. So the 90 day rule was not necessarily for the woman. It was actually for the man to have some sense of discipline in this space. But now that we don't honor the rule anymore, this is how this space and time gets wasted because there is no training of that discipline and no space that we exist in commonly amongst the people that we encounter on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. You're just going on a date and saying like, look, this is what I think. This is what I feel. And this is what I want. It's not training a person to know how to treat you so that you won't encounter those men too often that treat you like a piece of meat. Because the thing is we have what is called fast food and we tend to speed up the process for us to be consumed in that way. You know, um, in relationships as men and women, we can make ourselves process in that regard to be consumed a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. So where does the 90 day rule stand for women of spirituality who still want to be desired and want to encounter and find, you know, healthy love? Where does that stand right now? I 
never really follow a 90 day rule. And like, I say that not like, oh, I'm not sleep with everybody. It's like, I just never really looked at it like that because I feel like we put restrictions on things, restrictions on need to be like, we're creating rules on top of rules where God already kind of created the rules. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we're creating our own. So anything that's man-made is always going to be, it's already going to be flawed. So for me personally, I think there, I think that's okay. I think what you're saying is fine. So if you're making a decision to be intimate, I think you just need to follow your heart and follow your gut and not your body and not your insecurities but so, how do you do that when you don't spend enough time focusing on that like that was the well, reason you why don't the rule need was important. to be dating that's hard though that's hard because uh, again, you're saying, <laughs> you just said that everybody wants to be desired yeah. in a way so being yes. absent from that space of desire and interest and entertainment like you're going to find yourself weak in those moments right. where you're holed up by yourself. I mean, that's time. true, just, but I, you have to also, you have to take it to another level now. Yeah. Now you know it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. So now that you know it's hard, you can go left or you can go right. Exactly. That And it, since we grown, right? That's yeah. what people say. You grown, right? Then be accountable. That's being grown. So here we go. So let's, yeah. let's be adults now. Yeah. So now you can go left or you can go right. Going left means that I'm just going to go ahead and just... <sighs> forget this 90 day rule and just have at it. Mm-hmm. Or you can go right and be like, I need discipline point blank period. Like I need to focus on me mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Because if I don't get my discipline in order just for me, just for time management, just yeah. for how I eat or like whatever areas in which you need discipline in your life, just for yourself, forget everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can't even do that and then you're trying to add another person to it. Why? Like, you're going to mess them up, too. And you're going to get frustrated with yourself because you still ain't got the discipline that you need Exactly. So I want to go back to this discipline comment that you made it as well. Like, you're saying this. Like, why is it my responsibility to discipline and train you? I'm being completely honest. We grown, right? So when have you done the work? So it brings me back to, so Devon Franklin has a book, like The Truth About Men, I think is the name of the book. And I I haven't read the book, but I saw a video clip where he kind of talked about disciplining men. And he said, it's interesting because men are not necessarily taught to be disciplined sexually at all. You're taught to sow your wild oats that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're 13, 14, your uncle's walking up to you, asking you how many women have you slept with and all of these (laughs) things. So it's like, you're not encouraged to have discipline, but he made a very, very important point. And he said that, in his life he had to realize that I needed to separate myself from women and dating and sex because I needed to create discipline because creating that discipline doesn't just work for now as you're trying to get to know somebody or you're trying to figure out who they are what happens when you get married and say your your spouse falls ill where have you had discipline to, uh, to to pull back from intimacy? Where have you created any boundary in your mind or in your heart of that? Like what happens then? So because what happens if your wife has a disease or maybe she's not feeling pretty, maybe you guys are in a good space. Whereas there's no discipline to come in to stop you from saying, Hey, I'm not going to step out on my marriage. Yeah. I'm not going to step out on my relationship. Instead, I know what I need to do. Cause guess what? I've done it before. Yeah. So why is that our responsibility? I challenge men. And push back and say, you need to be able to discipline your own self. I should not have to create a rule around trying to discipline you. We're grown, right? Mm-hmm. Be accountable for your own actions. The same way we discipline ourselves for eating, same way we discipline ourselves for working out, the same way we discipline ourselves for going to work every day. You have to do the same thing. It's not any different. So I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a good answer for your 90 day rule question. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's just it just lasts to where your values yeah. are. Right, yeah. right. And I only ask that because 
I never really felt like, I mean, as much as we put the responsibility on women, I never really felt like it was meant for women. It was more so meant for men because I feel like if I could potentially give credit to who created it, I would have thought it to be a woman because naturally we understand that men have no discipline. And this is, this is what we were trying to do to not only establish that for the man, but also be reasonable to ourselves because we know that we get lonely over courses and periods of time. So like I, I would have said to myself that it had to be a woman. And I know that that could be a, a overwhelming responsibility to place on them, but it seems as though you are more than likely to be the person to influence a man much quicker than spirituality. And again, I understand that that is a very difficult no, responsibility. I no, I agree. I get it. I, I understand. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this is, this is why you're so powerful in this way, because God yeah. uses us in mysterious ways. Yeah. I think we need to take a big step back because I am, and this may be a very unpopular opinion, but I am tired of us talking about sex and intimacy in a way as if we have no discipline and control around it. Like, and if, if you really are seeking it and if you're lonely and all of these other things that you need to dig deep and find out why and deal with that we're missing we're 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 going over the larger problem here which is there is an insecurity or a void inside of you that you need to deal with Mm -hmm. whether you're spiritual or not like it does that's not even the basis of what i'm talking about if you desire something so much and like you can't go without it and you feel lonely and this i mean we're, we're human we are going to feel lonely but what you do in that moment of loneliness is what matters right because i get lonely Mm-hmm. I like I I want to be intimate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hear how she yeah, enunciated she that, that like okay. Viola Davis. <laughs> I want to be intimate. Being real. I mean, right. we're we're grown, right? I can right. be real. Like right. it's the truth. But I value myself and the space of my peace too much to disturb that. I don't want I don't need to fill a void of desire more than I need to keep at peace with myself. So, right. And I think you have, we have to get to that point. Get to that because point. if we don't get to that point, we're talking in circles around something that we're just not even dealing with anymore. Okay. <laughs> so now peace with self is the influence that we typically use to decide celibacy for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the importance of celibacy that you would have to share if you were speaking to a man about it? Like, what would you say to a man to help him understand the be- the benefits and the the perks and privileges of being one with self and having that peace within self in the midst of sexual chaotic or discomforting rages where you you act out of loneliness, you mm-hmm. act out of impulses and yeah. lust and those things? Like, what would you say to a man in that space? It leveled up my grind. Oh, it, wow. it, it shifted my focus if we're talking to if i'm talking to a man i have to share with the man why it will benefit you it leveled up my grind because my mind isn't distracted on him or my this gosh. situation <laughs> or that or this or yeah. ooh, like i mean i'm just being honest my mind isn't distracted on those things because i've been i've been sexually intimate so i know what my mind looks like when i'm dealing with a situationship mm-hmm. or intimate partner or whatever then versus now my focus is all on my grind and leveling myself up 
And Fact. if you take that away from the equation, then all you're, you're going to be fo- forced to focus on yourself. Yeah. And when you focus on yourself in that way, you ain't got no choice but to be out here winning. I mean, it's just wow. real. Yeah. That is a perfect way. Yeah. I think she just, you know, took my answer and made it. <laughs> made it look gutter but um <laughs> <laughs> I had to go gutter I had to go gutter. <laughs> but no seriously I, it was connected to being distracted mm-hmm. um because I feel that uh sex is distracting mm-hmm. um for men and women mm-hmm. um I don't even want to put it all just I agree on men. <laughs> yes. um so yes like I know men like sex so do women exactly yes. I don't know why yes. that is in not a, a very true. healthy way actually exactly. in a very, an extremely healthy way I would um, yes so sex for both parties it's it's distracting yes. so you don't have to take it to an element of I'm being celibate because I'm following Christ yeah that's very important as well too but Mm -hmm. if i'm talking to a guy Mm -hmm. whether he's a believer or not real talk yes it's going to level up the grind yes it's going to minimize distraction it's going to allow us to truly focus on each other Mm -hmm. and build our relationship versus it being a physical relationship right because you can get into a relationship focus on the physical and sexual aspects of it and think that that's going to sustain the relationship right like sex is supposed to be another way to communicate to build intimacy and add the cherry on top say it again another way not the another only way, way. another Thank way yes. not the way the <laughs> only way like it's another way yeah so that's what it's it, it's there for and we tend to make it to be that end all be all and we just went wrong that's when we went all the way left right right i've had good sex i've had great sex I want earth shattering, soul <laughs> penetrating sex. And that only happens when you're connected to a person's soul in a certain kind of way. And that goes beyond just intimacy. What kind of sex is that again? A earth shattering, soul penetrating. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm going to make sure I heard that right. Wow. You with me? Yeah. Wow. You with wow. me? Because when I, when you say that, I'm like, when you know the, the definition of these words, you're like, I want that too. Exactly. <laughs> so now. <laughs> There was another one of our there was another one of our many conversations where you lady said something that <laughs> totally blew my mind, right? Oh, oh Lord, here we go. All right. Now, for so long we have always looked at a checklist as being negative, right? Mm-hmm. And immediately when we discuss the ideas of the list, I instantly got an attitude in a sense. I'm like, here we go with this shit again. What's wrong? Cause I know where you going with this, and I'm not ready. <laughs> uh, all right. No, it's okay. I just, but it, it just connected where yes. you were going with this. It's, it's it's healthy. It's a very healthy thing. So <laughs> they may mention of this list and the man that they desire to have as a partner, mm-hmm. and as a man who has you know had experiences of being subjected in that way, where I didn't meet the criteria of a list. You know that insecure space within myself that really doesn't matter at this point but just thinking back i kind of got like a little like weirded out but it was a very interesting thing to hear how you put it in perspective and you and you said that you had an experience in a spiritual space where a woman put a certain large membership yes as a requirement on her list for a man Yes. And I was taken aback. I said, did she ask for a dick and a prayer? <laughs> like that was, that's the carnal mind. <clears throat> me. Like, did she so, ask for, yes, did she, she actually, actually ask for, for this particular size mm-hmm. male in a prayer? But the way that you explained it, yeah, it made perfect sense. Yeah. So I want you to 
in the most respectful way. Absolutely. Explain what this Ooh, is because okay. for men like me, that blew me away. Like, <laughs> so, wow. so I, um, so let's first preface this by saying this is in the context of a marriage. So okay. when you right, are, right, this right. list was in reference to something that you were asking for in a husband, okay. not a, not a, not just a boyfriend, not just a fiance, a husband. Okay. So, um, we all are descriptive of what we desire. And the same way men are descriptive. I want a woman that got some hips that got, got a little something behind, got a little something up top. It's the same thing. There is no difference from us. So what he's referring to is, um, I guess I can be transparent and say that this was also something that was on my list as well. And I don't have this all inclusive list where you have to go down and check every point. But if I'm being honest about describing about what I desire, this is what this list is. And on this list is a man, not necessarily that has to have a certain size of a member, but knowing how to use what he does have and it being appropriate in a certain space. I'm just being honest. Nobody wants a sm- goodness gracious. <laughs> so no one wants um, a small member. Right, right. So I don't think size is the only thing that matters. I think knowing how to use what you have is something different. So I think that when you're looking at a context of a marriage, sexual intimacy is healthy, it is expected, and it should be amazing. So why should I not be able to describe what I desire? And so for me, when it comes down to dating, I think this is a conversation that I would like to have prior to marriage, not necessarily about that particularly, but about how do you view sexual intimacy and what does it mean to you? Because we are adults and we are grown and we can have conversations without doing something. But I think you have to be at a certain point and know yourself enough and have enough peace in who you are, because I can talk about it. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to go and do it, but I can describe to you what I would desire because I let's you be real. What you want. Exactly. Especially we're not we virgins. Grow, right? Like we're no one no one is no one's no one's a virgin. Like we've mm-hmm. we've been sexually intimate. All of us have. So in that space, I should be able to tell you what I desire, not from a carnal standpoint, but from a point of this is what I think a healthy sex life looks like for us. Mm. And that is including dropping it like it's hot. Like I'm just saying. All the way. Which right. brings it well, no, we have to let you um, Yes. I mean, first. no, honestly, I I mean I agree with that. I just <laughs> yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah. I so. think we don't talk about it because the church doesn't teach us to talk about sex in that way. Yeah. And then on top of that, I think we don't focus enough <clears throat> on the relationship with Christ. Like you have to understand it's truly a relationship. Like mm-hmm. I talk to him like, why you got me doing this? Hey, like I've said out. that. Like right. literally. Then I have to think like <laughs> there was one time I remember <laughs> being in the car coming home from work one day, like, you know why I'm mad? You got me here. Like this is literally me talking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jesus, why you do this? You know I'm gonna be mad. You knew I was gonna be mad right now. Like you have to understand that your relationship, that you the journey that uh-huh. you go on with Christ, you truly are building a relationship. Yeah. So you need to get to a point in that relationship where you're able to speak freely and Absolutely. be authentically he knows what yourself. Think anyway. Exactly. So there's no <laughs> hiding from this. Like you have to be you have to be honest with yourself. Like because he's looking at you like, you know I know you, right? Mm. Why aren't you just being real? Right. So right. it's like, so when you hear these things of the member, uh-huh. I mean, you know I'm thinking about it. Why why I gotta hide it? Exactly. Wow. So you need to have that. That brings a level of freedom that you just don't understand. But that comes with a level of relationship. But you and that I was like, so that yeah. that, relationship that relationship has mm-hmm. to be intact. It has to be there. So while people are like, oh, I can't believe that came from a church girl. That came from in a religious setting and so on and so forth. Like if you're talking about the covenant in which God 
is ordaining for men and women to have. Whole lot of you sex. think I'm not gonna be real right now? Exactly. Right, right. What's there's no shame What's the in problem that? With there's it? no shame in that. There's we none. can't we shouldn't be shaming that. No. And it came from someone in leadership in ministry that I know. This wasn't just like a part somebody I was talking to. This came and she was very honest. She was very open and she was transparent. She said, God knows I was already thinking it, just like you said. So why am I hiding it from God in my prayer? Why am I hiding it from the description of what I desire? Because we put that part aside, like God is ashamed of it. God created it. Right. We've perverted it, right? <laughs> exactly. We perverted it. <laughs> so now it's all nasty and oh my goodness. Yeah. But in real talk, it's like you you know where I'm at with this. Exactly. You know why I even want this. Like <laughs> Exactly. I really love this conversation conversation because y'all walk me into every step of the conversation <laughs> now that we've established that god knows your heart right he knows the desires of and god. he knows the desires within your heart there is the last and final point that we're going to talk about that um kind of frees women up in this space once they actually find their husband because i mean that's very important mm-hmm. um you as a listener may not ever intend on getting married that may not be your walk or your ideal for your life but the husband um doesn't necessarily have to be the word you use you can just say once i've set a certain standard Mm -hmm. so that that makes you comfortable to accept that whatever you feel like this person has to attain in order to have you in this way that you're absolutely comfortable with letting your guards and possibly doing some things that has been shamed by not only us as people who have perverted the sexual relationship, but then also the church who doesn't really understand every aspect of a physical and spiritual connection. There's another statement that these two young ladies have made that really impacted the way (laughs) I look at marriage. And this is so important because I think if, I think if the church actually took the time to understand who they are ministering to Mm. these kind of conversations would make it so easy for people to accept the responsibilities in that relationship with Christ Mm. because they feel like everything that they've been taught by God's people have been misleading because these very things that God's people have been administering to them in their development Mm -hmm. was being hid from them. You've been doing all of this freaky shit the whole time, (laughs) but telling me something else. And you could possibly help somebody by being honest and saying, I don't have this all together either. No. So now we can establish these boundaries and these responsibilities to ourselves together. Yeah. And one of the things that was really, really, really interesting is the concept of being a hoe for your husband. Well, right. come on now. Yes. Let's, let's come on with the it. come on. Let's talk about it. Now, keep in mind, the church don't really, the church doesn't really show the most positive light of what is figurative to be a hoe. It was almost, it was almost like harlot, Jezebel, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's this very adulterous red egg, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's like she was clearly a home wrecker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was, you know. She was everything but a child of God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So understanding this, this is being deposited in a young girl at a very young age when she is at her most virtuous. You know, um, you know, young girls don't know they want to be cooks in the kitchen. But as a kid, she's playing with an easy bake oven. Mm-hmm. Like she's in, yeah. she's really highly influenced. She's influenced. Yeah. It's yeah. Very this, impressionable. This age. So early on, you're telling her 
Like, don't do this. Don't kiss boys and don't do these things that she's naturally going to grow into Mm -hmm. as she grows up. When you say be a hoe for your husband, it's almost owning the flesh within yourself that you know exists, Mm -hmm. but still having a certain level of standard that you place on that flesh. And I want you to talk about that because I think we done been hoes for everybody but a husband. Exactly. And now (laughs) it's hard to... It's what? hard to understand why when you get so old and now you're tired of doing these hoish things mm-hmm. <laughs> and you tired at the most important point because now you finally got the husband and now you exhausted. Because you'd have used all your yeah. good miles up yeah. on somebody else. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about what that process is. Like, what does that mean when you say be a hoe for my husband? Well, since I firmly believe that God created sex and he created intimacy and he desires for us to enjoy it um, because he created all our body parts. So he knows they do. He knows what happens when you do certain things. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, um, immediately, I think about just being free and a sense of being able to experiment, being able to love on that person and the most beautiful and romantic, sometimes nasty ways just to have enjoy and have a sexual have a have a healthy sexual intimacy. Like, I, I don't see another way to describe it except just being free. And with that person and that person only, let me just be clear. Um, we're not bringing any third parties into this space. But I think just being open and honest and sexual beings that God created us to be in the space he created for us to be in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the space that he created us to be in is what makes the difference. the whole comfortable yeah in a sense i should be able acceptable yes i should be able to try different things with my spouse i should be able to have conversations about things we should be able to figure it out together you know what we like what we don't like how we want to do this you know let's role play let's bring in like let's do things like let's let's spice it up i mean i'm just (laughs) being honest like like, you should be able to do that like i I should be able to have five different color wigs and be like oh i think it's gonna be red like I should be able be that night. to meet you at the bar and and just sit next to you and we act like we don't even know each exactly. other. Exactly. And the next thing you know, we go into the bathroom. I Why? Be because I'm about to be a hoe for my husband. Exactly. <laughs> I should be able to meet you in a garage with nothing but some pumps on and put it on you before you even get out the car. Like I'm just so why? I mean, so <clears throat> the concept of sex of what we know it to be outside of marriage is like, man. It's, it's, it, it's right, it's right, it's it, it's yeah. this and it's that. You know what I'm saying? You can, you have all these words to describe it. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you get married, that's not supposed to die down. <laughs> the problem is that we're giving, to your point earlier, like, you you did all the whole stuff already. Now, yeah. now you married, you're like, well, <laughs> I mean, I did it already. The fun's gone. I mean, we can do it again. I mm-hmm. mean, but the thrill of it is gone. So then right. that's why they say, oh, you got to spice it up, you know? Keep, keep the fire going. And it's just like, you've been a hoe already. So that's why... <laughs> that's why you need to preserve it that's why you have to be celibate that's why you have to get that discipline in because it's in there and it's there's no shame to it not at all there's no shame to it there's no shade right now there's no shaming at all i myself is like oh it's a struggle Real talk. It's a struggle. I'm just saying, when I get married, give me a smooth two years and I'll holler at y'all then. Like, okay. I'm just being real. Like, we got to catch up. You but, know? But, that's the, but that's the point. So there is, is levels to it because a person needs to, especially women, we need to feel comfortable. We need to feel safe uh-huh. sexually with our partner, period. And if you can get your woman there, there's no telling what's going to happen. 
Right. Like right. literally, like you have to get her there. So yeah, the whole notion of what we talked about earlier about treating a woman like a piece of meat and mm-hmm. referencing it in that way versus it being desire. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Right. So what does that mean to her? Do you even know what that you means to her? Means. So yeah. like in terms of how she feels when she feels desire, what does that feel for her? What does that look like? Like you have to know these things because if you really want a hoe for your wife, Come on now, you have to know these things because there is more to it than just than just sex. Right, right. So so yeah, we can you know we can keep going on and on about I, this yeah. topic. I really appreciated that perspective. I'm low key still in a garage with the pumps on, but I'm gonna bring it back. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> last night was red, I'm telling you tonight gonna be blue. Yeah, real talk. I'll, I'll be your mermaid. I think it has <laughs> <laughs> I think what What's beautiful about it is um, it and hearing it and having the um, imagination that I have, I feel like it gives women the opportunity to reinvent themselves in this space of feeling like I've been used to a unreasonable capacity. You know, like it gives you the opportunity to to feel like a completely different woman all over again, because now what you're saying is that you may not understand that you're communicating in this space is that now that you've acquired this husband, he's, he's gone through the process that all of these men have failed at, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's withstood the, the patience process of you getting to know yourself while getting to also know him. He get, he gave you the opportunity to find things out about yourself while you were preserving who you are and what you have to offer. Like he's gone through all of the steps that these men have failed at. And now he's the one that actually won you and made you the wife, mm-hmm. the prize in finding a wife, you know, that good thing he's done this due diligence. And now you're at the point where you should be able to celebrate finally feeling that sense of freedom because you're with the partner that makes you feel safe and comfortable. It kind of reinvents the perspective that mm-hmm. you may have for yourself because you have been in these spaces where you're only being used and consumed and devoured yeah. Yeah. in that way. So um, that was what I took from it, not just to focus on being the hoe because mm-hmm. yeah. We, yeah, men all. and women can be that. That's not just singling out the women. You know, you should be prideful and excited about being a hoe for your wife too. Mm-hmm. You know, because... We the first hoes, to be honest. <clears throat> I mean, well, you know, like let's just it. be, you know, let's he just did. be honest. But, but we, we can technically it. are the first hoes, you know, to humanity mm-hmm. in a sense. So to know that we can reinvent ourselves in a relationship and feel completely comfortable with our partner, that's a beautiful thing. It is. And that's what the emphasis is. I didn't want to use this title as the way <laughs> to sell the show no you did but good. i wanted to no, you grab your attention because there is so much that we can learn from being honest with ourselves and of course as ashley stated being honest and transparent because there is subtle differences you know and that transparency definitely makes a difference so when you say being a whole for your husband there is still boundaries in that space right there's still some things that you want a man to respect, even though you've established that this is what you're willing to do. Is there still like a level of boundary to that? Because you don't want to always feel like a hoe, even though you're willing. 
You know, like sometimes I think that when you make a man feel as though this I is think you just summed it up, though. I mean, okay. what you just said was essentially what it is. You, okay. yeah. Yes, I'm willing. I'm open. I'm ready to be to be the hoe for my husband. But, you know, don't go too crazy. OK. OK. So um, I think that um, I'm going to attempt in the near future to follow up with these two ladies. It was a very great conversation, and yeah. I'm so grateful for you two. I learned so much in this conversation. Now, I remember this conversation, and you were yeah. you were just like, whoa. You were like, whoa, no. <laughs> Yes. Right. So um, to kind of wrap this up, give them all of your social media information so they can find you, because I want them to have access to this kind of impartation if you can give it a title because i think that it's important for us to understand that being human is very much possible in a spiritual space um accepting who you are and presenting that before god is a very very healthy thing to do but we don't feel as though we can be comfortable in this way to present ourselves and your platform is going to give that freedom in a sense for people to get to that point so i want them to know where to find you so tell them what your social media is. Well, if you are looking for That Girl Podcast, you can find us on Instagram at That Girl Podcast, on Twitter at That Girl Pod, just P-O-D. And if you want to follow me, my life is pretty boring on social media. But if you would like to join the journey of figuring out who I am, you can find me on Instagram at I exude underscore me, I-E-X-U-D-E underscore M-E. All right, Erica, give me your information. She sounds so good when she said that, didn't she? <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. Very, just so on point. I love you for that. Yes. All right, so you guys already have all of that girl um, podcast information. So my, personally, I mean, I do Wednesday, Wednesdays. That's They're great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I drop some bars, spit some, you know, bars yeah. there. But other than that, um, you can uh, get at me with Erica, E-R-I-K-A dot Monet. M-O-N-A-E on Instagram. So that is me. Did you want to drop Erica Monet group? So my business. Absolutely. 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 Best friend. Thank you. You (laughs) (laughs) You can also follow me on, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at the Erica Monet group. So that's E-R-I-K-A-M-O-N-A-E group G-R-O-U-P. That's where you can find these two beautiful ladies. Make sure that you definitely follow, subscribe to all of the things that they have gifted you in this episode, because it is definitely going to be great for your enrichment. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me at DergoBJ. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. I have a show page called The Subject Change on Instagram. If you just so happen to have any comments or questions or anything that you would like to even relate to these young ladies of That Girl Podcast, you can send me an email. That is loveletters115 at gmail.com. Um, thank you guys for listening and tuning into the group chat lesson that these young ladies gave by the name of Ho for My Husband. And I will see you guys in two more weeks. Peace and blessings.